What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer. This is your Wednesday best bets episode for the monster slate on Wednesday for opening night for many teams in the National Basketball Association. I want to remind you that everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. You get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. New thing, new thing. I'm tracking our plays on this show in the app now. So you're and you'll be able to follow them by a hashtag for each of the individual authors. If you want to make sure that you avoid some people's bets, like I don't know mine and and follow folks like Jay Money and AC, you'll be able to find them in there. Um, so make sure to check out the Buckets podcast account under the follow tab in the Action Network app. Also, make sure you check out YouTube.com slash The Action Network and check out all of our great shows, Big Bets on Campus, The Action Network Podcast, The Favorites, Line Change for Hockey, great season early on, uh, Playoff Pitch for continuing coverage of the Major League Baseball playoffs and how to bet them, all sorts of great stuff. Check it out on YouTube.com slash The Action Network. We're going to kickstart today's show with Best Bets on Wednesday with Albert Wynn, he's the analytics capper. You can find him on Twitter at analytics capper in the Action Network app. AC, glad to have you back on the season, buddy. Glad to be back at it. What have you got for me? What's your best bet for the Wednesday slate? Yeah, Wednesday night. This is the first game for both teams. Pour one out for all the New York fans. Their football team is done. Their baseball team is done. But the Knicks are starting to play game one. So I like the Knicks at home against Boston Celtics plus two and a half. So give me the Knicks. Okay, I've got two plays on Wednesday. I'm going with uh, Grizzlies money line minus 115 and the Magic minus three and a half at home. We'll get into those caps. Let's start with yours. So the New York Knicks, this is a very interesting spot. I, I did look at this one. My number does give a little bit of value on this one based off of my preseason power ratings. Um, Knicks are plus two and a half at home versus the Boston Celtics. Number one team in the league. Best title odds. Drew Holiday. A lot of Chris Apps, Porzingis, Celtics mm-hmm. looked awesome. What do you like about the Knicks in this particular spot? Yeah, so this is uh, this hits a couple of my principles as a handicapper. One is fading all the hype. You mentioned it. Drew Holiday, amazing move. Chris Apps, Porzingis, a really talented center for them. Boston Celtics look prime for another you know deep postseason run. Um, I think they're great, but we're looking at from a from a game to game standpoint. So I think I'm going to fade that type of news coming out of the the offseason and the preseason. And then the other thing is, if you look at the Tom Thibodeau era here in New York, they've improved every single season. I think they're going to continue to improve, potentially make a big move at the deadline. We'll see. I mean, that's what all of all of these assets and accumulation of, of different players is building up towards to. But I think for this game, with the energy in New York, home opener, MSG, I just like the New York Knicks. Not only the not only the spread but i would probably sprinkle the money line as well 
Yeah, look, uh, one of the things that we kind of noticed this in the playoffs, I went back and checked it, especially early season before about game 40. If you're playing, I'll have the numbers on this uh, on starting with episodes later this week. If you're playing a dog in the early season and essentially, especially the first quarter of the season, the first 20 games, but he really stretches out to the first 40. Uh, if you're playing the dog, you need to have money on the money line. Like the yep. numbers are just absolutely uh, pretty much incontrovertible that you need to be betting the money line on the dog in these cases, because if they cover, they win outright. So I'm with you on this, especially at two and a half. I actually lean towards if you're going to play this, just play the money line. I know that the two and a half is insurance here, but given the rates of, of what we see on these bets, I think it's it's pretty convincing uh, to go ahead and take it that way. You know, matchup wise, I do like Mitchell Robinson versus Chris Dabbs Porzingis. They've got size, right? Julius Randall, Mitchell Robinson. That's a big front court versus a Celtics front court that, you know, with losing Robert Williams, they don't have a lot of depth now. And KP can get banged up and isn't necessarily a pure center. So I kind of like that. Horford's obviously up there in terms of age. Um, on the wing, it's going to be tough, but they do have Quentin Grimes and some guys to throw at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, point guards, they've got, you know, Drew Holiday versus Emmanuel quickly. I think it's going to be a really fascinating battle as well as Jalen Brunson. Like, this is a, a really good matchup, I think, for New York. So I'm not going to play it just because I'm a little spooked by the idea of I don't want to fade the number one team in Boston right out of the gate. Like, that's just not something I want to do because the season is so important to them. Uh, I like your angle, though, of being brave enough to be like, no, let's fade the hype. Let's go the other way. Let's take a home team in their opener um, that matches up pretty well. My number doesn't make this uh, have value on New York. It makes them about pick them. So I do. I I like the play. I'm just not brave enough to go with you on this, AC. Yeah, um, and just, just looking at recent history, the last three games, so January, February, and March earlier this season, earlier this, this calendar year, last season, um, Although Boston won two of those three games, New York covered all three. So, I mean, they, like Matt mentioned, they do match up really well uh, against this Boston team. And I think there's a lot more pieces Boston has to integrate, a lot more question marks. I I just like New York's uh, stability and chemistry heading into the season. I'm going to take the Memphis Grizzlies versus the New Orleans Pelicans. There's a minus 115 in the market that's down from minus 125 earlier in the week following the news of Stephen Adams being out for the season. Uh, I've got this power rated probably a little strong. I need to downgrade Memphis a little bit. I've still got too much of a margin here. I've got this somewhere close to on average around 200. So I think that this is a, a good spot for Memphis. Look, I, I'm going to get it in terms of, hey, they don't have job. They don't have Steven Adams. They don't have Brandon Clark. They, you know, they're facing Jonas Valanciunas, who may absolutely eat. I really liked Xavier Tillman. Um, I thought he was really good. Last year, I thought he actually, I was very low on him and he proved me wrong. So I thought he played really well. I'm mostly playing here, I think. It's Memphis and what I think is a good spot. The Pelicans have not looked great in preseason. Mm -hmm. They have looked a little bit like they did last year early on, where they're still trying to run C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram and run the offense through them and having Zion in the dunker spot. That's a waste of Zion. Like It's an absolute waste of Zion. I agree. The Pels don't have Trey Murphy. That's a, like, that is to me a more significant loss for them uh, than I think Memphis with Steven Adams. So that to me is like a big gap in terms of, of how this market is kind of being perceived. So with this short of a number, I still like best players in the matchup. I think it's probably Zion. And then I would have Jaron Jackson Jr. And then I'd have Desmond Bain very close behind that. And then it's somebody on the Pels. 
And then I think the, the coaching edge leans towards Taylor Jenkins. So I'll take the Grizzlies at home here, uh, minus 115. Yeah, I mean, my initial thoughts there, I, I can't, I, had, I don't have a really good read on the sides, to be honest, Matt, but I do think Desmond Bain, for the most part, is going to eat without Ja Morant. And so you want to look into player props, which I'm not super, um, you know, I'm not well-versed in, but if you want to look at like three points or maybe points, things like that, I think he's going to have a ton of opportunity and the great thing is he doesn't have to defend the best player. They have Marcus Smart, right? So he's going to be able to kind of, uh, you know, save some of his energy on the offensive side. I'll take the Orlando Magic as well, minus three and a half in this game. I'm sorry, it's minus two and a half in the market. Um, I've got it marked at minus about 3.75. So I've got this, a little bit of a margin on this. I upgraded Houston huge based off of adding Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and Jock Landale and Ime Udoka. And then I saw him in preseason and I upgraded them again and I still wind up here. Like that's where I wind up at. So I think there's a lot of value uh, here on the magic. I'm not necessarily looking for home favorite spots here on opening night. I'm going to talk about this in the second segment, but it's a kind of important thing where um, before 2014, 15, there was a bigger edge on home favorites in their opener. And now it's down to about 51% against the spread, but they are 71% straight up. And I'm getting a margin here where I'm underneath uh, likely free throw range. So four has become kind of a key number for me looking at those kind of, of positions. And if I'm under four, I'll go ahead and I'll take the Orlando magic minus three and a half. I like this rockets team. I just think that the magic are going to get this win on opening night. Again, for me, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I have a read on the sides. I actually like the over in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of three-point shooting from both teams from an attempts perspective. A makes perspective, that's a different conversation, but I think they're going to shoot enough uh, that they're going to push this over 222. But um, yeah, I, I can't go against you there. I think Orlando being at home, Powell's second year, he's the best player on the court, or he should be, right, uh, opening night. And so... Um, you kind of you want to take advantage there because maybe that line is going to move in the future if Orlando continues to improve. All right, that's Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. Jay Money is going to join me and give his Wednesday best bets here on Buckets. Jay, what do you like for the Wednesday slate? We got a lot of games. I know you you are ready to put your teeth in to the slate. What do you like for Wednesday? Man, I put my teeth in this slate like a month ago here. They've had lines out. I couldn't wait to attack them to get uh, to watch some preseason games. But um, the first one that popped out to me was the Atlanta Hawks in this one. I've been watching this team really closely over the offseason. I've actually went to their one of their preseason games as well. Um, I just think Quinn Snyder has his team locked in. Um, obviously, if they and if they play defense in this game, I think they'll win this game comfortably. Um, it's just two teams that are on the opposite end of the spectrum, in my opinion. Charlotte Hornets, obviously, I mean, they're coming into a New Year but I've, I'm still not high on this team whatsoever. Um, I will take the Atlanta Hawks. I did get them at one and a half. I'll take the money line for the show. I think they win this game. It is going up to three now. I even would I would even still lay the points with the Atlanta Hawks um, here. Uh, I know that they're on the road in this spot, Matt, but this is a spot that I just feel like these are two teams that are going in different directions. If they're not playing defense here, the Hornets can run you off the floor. I will say that, but 
I'm not really scared of LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, uh, Gordon Hayward. That's if his, if he's not injured enough uh, to play in this game, not really worried about the backups as well coming off the bench. So I just feel like the Hawks are a far more complete team um, when it comes to coaching offensively and defensively. There's something going on up there in Charlotte, man. I'm not sure what they're letting their players do or uh, if they're like ha- who they have watching their players, but they kind of just do whatever the hell they want, man. So I will take the Atlanta Hawks in this spot. Uh, it's a spot that don't, while I don't think it's guaranteed, I will ride with this spot 10 times out of 10. I mentioned there's another spot on the show, but I'll go ahead and reiterate it. Since 2014-15, what I consider to kind of be the modern era in the NBA, home opener dogs are just 31% straight up. That's way down from before 2014-15 at 39%. That's an 8 percentage point drop. Uh, they're only 47% against the spread with a minus 4.1 spread differential. So um, these home dogs and the openers have not done well in the modern era for a bunch of reasons. So like this play as well. You got any leans for me on the slate? Yeah, I do. I actually have a bunch of leans that are like that just missed it uh, as far as a best bet here. I'm heavily leaning to the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Brooklyn Nets laying the two and a half on the road. Uh, two two other teams where I think the Cavs are going to come out very hungry, especially the way they got put out of the playoffs. I think this Cavs team is going to be very hungry this year, Matt. We're going to make plenty of money with them. Also, another honorable mention, the Detroit Pistons in this one. This is a line that has moved down from ten and a half over the summer down to eight and a half. Uh, I think you can get a nine and a half out there at some spots but the Pistons are a lot better team this year and the Heat obviously plenty of turnover obviously going as far into the um, uh, season and losing the championship it's just going to be a little bit of they're probably going to start out slow this season because they know what it takes to get to the finals the Minnesota Timberwolves as well another team the Raptors new coach uh, some turnover there I think that they're possibly going to trade Siakam at some point this season I think it's Siakam and Scotty Barnes I'm not scared of anyone else on that team heavily lean to the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, the the Memphis Grizzlies in this one really hate that Steven Adams is not yeah. going to be in this game. He's actually going to be out for the season. That is one of their main advantages that they had in this game as far as uh, rim protection and rebounding. You still have Tillman that can still step in and fill in Jaron Jackson Jr. If he doesn't foul out, but um, I still think the, the, the current state of the Pelicans, uh, Willie Green just doesn't have this team finely tuned at this particular time. We know Zion coming in a little bit, um, uh, a little bit of out of shape as well. CJ McCollum is not in prime form. So even without Steven Adams, I still think the Grizzlies get it done, but not going to quite go official. And then the last um, lean that I have for Wednesday will be the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, you want to mm-hmm. wait for Luka to get ruled into this game. And I actually think, call me crazy, man. I think the Spurs are better than the Mavs right now. I just think they're the better overall team. Um, I love Kyrie, uh, Luka as well, but it's crazy to say when Kyrie plays without Luka, the team wins. When the two play together, for whatever reason, Luka slows them down, Matt. It's something I've been watching really closely. I think the Spurs might actually beat the Mavs outright in Wimby's first um, NBA game. Oh, man, you talked me into it. I'm taking the money line on, on the Spurs. That's a great, <laughs> I, like, I like that one. That's awesome. Glad to have you back, man. Jay Money will be with us all throughout the season, giving best bets three times a week. You can catch him out here as well as on, on Twitter at jmoneyismoney and on his YouTube channel where he's giving out his live show every day. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 
Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joining me now on our first real full slate best bets extravaganza, I've got the Jays, Jim Turvey, and Joe Delera. You'll be catching them on Mondays in our weekend recap and future show, as well as on the Monday best bets pod all throughout the season. Guys, time to give me your best bets for Wednesday. We got a big old slate here, lots of stuff to choose from. Joe Delera, what are your best bets for Wednesday? I like Jordan Poole over two and a half turnovers and the Minnesota Timberwolves on the money line, minus one, whatever this number is. Just give it, give me those wolves. All right, Jim Turvey, what are your best bets for Wednesday? Got the Magic minus three and a half. I've got Jalen Green under 22 and a half points. I've got Jordan Poole points escalator. Uh, and I am also on the Wolves. Okay, so for the first time this season, I will go ahead and say, oh! Uh, all right let's uh let's start with joe delera what's your thoughts let's start with well you know what let's single in on jordan Poole. you both have a play on him and it's really funny jim's got a points escalator and and joe has an over turnovers prop and i'm i think that there's a good chance that both of you cash on this uh in this game joe what's the two and a half turnovers logic here for jordan Poole? If I mean, like, I think the the listeners know last year when Curry was out, we were just smacking over three and a half turnovers, like every game on Jordan Poole. So we get two and a half now, and he's going to have crazy usage. Obviously, there's Kyle Kuzma, who I love with his sweater. Um, and then there's Tyus Jones, who is an adult in the room um, to, you know, trying to help facilitate the basketball. But I think at the same time. Poole is still going to be a usage monster, and I really don't see any circumstance where he plays fewer than 30 minutes. Last season when Poole played 30 or more minutes, he averaged 3.2 turnovers per game and had 3-plus in 71% of games. So couple that with the fact that they're playing the Indiana Pacers, who not like particularly a good defensive team, but they play very fast, like so fast. And I think that that's going to be the case again this year. So... My thought on this is there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Poole to turn the ball over. And when we're seeing a lot, like we're seeing this line around minus 110, minus 105, and a 71% hit rate in 30 plus minutes per game last season, this number is just way too low. And I think the usage is going to be there. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He's probably going to turn the ball over, probably going to collect a charge, probably going to have a bad pass. So he's trying to be a little too flashy. Something like that. Two and a half is just too low. Give me three turnovers for Poole. All right, I like this based off of the I like the pace cap on this because this is going to be an absolutely ridiculously fast-paced uh game. Um let's see. I'm looking at something right now. I'm looking up. Okay, Wizards were last season 13th in turnover percentage in transition. So that's a good mark here for us to start with. Um just as far as like a baseline. If you add in like a Warriors a a, a Wizards offense that was turnover prone relative to league average with Monte Morris king of the assist to turnover ratio, probably a pretty good sign uh, for this one. So I like the pace factor here combined with what this will look like with pool. I'm going to tell you on this. Uh, you've got me in on two and a half turnovers, Jim, try and sell me on the points. Now, why are we taking an escalator on Jordan pool points? Although why wouldn't you, we're talking about Jordan pool, uh, the man tied, with the Wizards for the all-time single-game preseason <laughs> scoring the title with with Michael Jordan. So Jordan Poole, Michael Jordan, who's better in preseason? Who's to say? Uh, what's the play on the uh, on Jordan Poole's points escalator? 
Yeah, well, you said the magic P word. Pace is definitely a central factor of this. These are two teams that uh, are going to be running the floor like mad. Um, this Pacers team, we love this Pacers team. We're all over this Pacers team. Um, but they are not famous for their defense, uh, especially in the backcourt. Um, Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin, super fun, super young, super offensively talented, uh, aren't going to give Poole a, a ton of problems. Yeah, Halliburton's a little bit better on that end. Um, but the the Pacers were not uh, a strong defensive unit even last year when they when they started the season off pretty well. Um, and why I really like the escalator here um, is something we've talked about in the past is kind of these extremes are really hard to measure. So players, uh, really hard for the the bookmakers to to make these numbers. Um, so players like Jordan Poole, who you know we saw a prime example in preseason. I promise I'm not just reacting to the last week and seeing this. It is how. Jordan Poole has kind of always been. He can go for 41 points one night and he can go, was it 0 for 12, 0 for 1 for 17? It was something insane the very next night because he, he'll he average, you know, 25 by the end of the season, but he'll have a 10, he'll have a 40, he'll have a 12, he'll have a 38. So I'm going to be looking at these escalators when the when the situation is right anyways for the matchup. Um, and I think these pacers in terms of their, uh, no pun intended, pace, as well as their defensive or lack thereof backing uh, backcourt makes it the the perfect time to, to jump on this uh, pool escalator prop. Okay. All right. Well, you've got two different ways to play Jordan pool and what says more about the NBA on opening night than that. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk, let's talk Minnesota Timberwolves. So the wolves are a pick em right now versus the Toronto Raptors Raptors with a strong preseason they finished undefeated in preseason play uh by the way a little bit of a signal there uh 13 and 5 to the over on win totals mm-hmm. for teams that go uh, undefeated in preseason the last 14 years I think it looked at yeah 14 years so uh not as it's very odd because they used to play eight preseason games and now we're down to four and so there's just like a lot fewer sample um but even in recent years been a pretty strong indicator which that kind of uh warned me I I decided not to play a Raptors under based off of that information but even then this is a, a kind of a weird line given what we have here on both of these teams um so Joe, let's start with you. What makes you like the Wolves in the spot? I mean, I think from a continuity perspective, right? Like when we're looking at Toronto, they obviously have a new coach. Um, you're without Fred Van Vliet. You have a new point guard in Dennis Schroeder. Uh, FIBA MVP Dennis Schroeder, but still, uh, <laughs> it's a new it's a new leader of the offense. Um, there's been a lot of turmoil, I feel like, around the Raptors this offseason, just generally like in terms of what are their rotations going to be? Are players in? Are they out? Are they getting traded? Like what's the situation? Whereas with Minnesota, I'm looking at this, they've had a full offseason kind of acclimate again to having Gobert, having Towns, uh, and Anthony Edwards obviously had that development, I think, through FIBA. And, you know, even though Team USA didn't play that well or you really get to where everybody expected them to, I think that Anthony Edwards played pretty well and got a little bit more experience in a different stage, right? So I think that between that and having the continuity with Finch, that this is a good opportunity to get in on this Timberwolves team that I think that I'm at least high on. I know Sean Little's high on them too, uh, but check out the long shots episode for that, right? <laughs> but I think that Minnesota is going to be a very good team this year, whereas I think Toronto is a team that's in danger of realistically being in a tank, if not even compl- and probably missing the playoffs even entirely. So that's why I'm looking at this this way, and I like Minnesota with their continuity here um, and just what they are going to put out on the court. 
All right, Jim, what do you think about uh, this Wolves game? Yeah, I mean, Joe, Joe laid out really well. I don't have a ton, ton to add. Um, for me, it's uh, two two central factors is, you know, early in the season, I do tend to look towards teams that I am higher on than the market and teams I'm lower on than the market and really target when those two are playing each other. This is one such example. I'm higher than uh, the market on the Wolves, lower on the Raptors, hence Wolves money line. Um, I also think there's a lot to be said for the continuity as well. Um, I think Chris Finch is an awesome coach. And having the the full repertoire is going to be, uh, you know, we're really going to get to see what this Wolves team can do. And then on on the flip side, I think the Raptors are going to take a little bit of time. New coach, new point guard, new system. I think that is going to take some time to to coalesce. If it ever does coalesce, I am, you know, maybe more doubtful um, about that than others. But really, yeah, Joe laid it out very well. I think that you know between between the the continuity um, edge to the Wolves as well as just. Um, you know, I don't, I don't make this a pick em. I have the Wolves uh, by around two. So those two combined and I, I'm on the Wolves. Okay. Um, I'm going to stay away. I will go ahead and give a trend though. That's just an interesting piece of information. I think for betters, I historically have tried to stay away from betting against home teams in their season openers. Uh, crowd is going to be at its best. Team energy is going to be at its best. Like, New season, training camp was great. We're going to be awesome. Like, unless you're a team like the Sixers who are just like, oh, God, the house is like we're having a fire sale, then everybody else is in pretty good spirits, <laughs> yeah. right? The Raptors seem like the vibes are good. Like, all of the local guys are like, the vibes are great as opposed to last year. So there's been this transition in the preseason from the summer kind of vibe, which was like, this team didn't like each other last year. Why did you bring all of it back except Fred Van Vliet? The new thing is maybe it was just nurse. Like that's a recurring theme in a lot of the local coverage is like, maybe it was just Nick nurse who Nick nurse won him a, a title, but seemed to be really uh, being a drain, a drag uh, to be around and be coached by last season. I did think this was notable. So before 2014, 15, which is what I consider the beginning of the modern era. That's the first Curry season uh, under Kerr. Okay. Before 2014, 15, Dogs on opening night were 39% straight up, 54% against the spread. Uh, regardless of circumstance, 54% against the spread. Since 2014-15, home dogs are 31% straight up and just 47% against the spread with a minus 4.1 spread differential. So that's a 7 percentage point drop from before 2014-15 to now. And if you're like, why is that? Like, what would be the significant change there? It's three-point rate. It's teams have gotten more efficient, so they are able to build a larger barrier. It's not pace. It's efficiency gap. The good teams, the good efficiency teams are way more efficient than they used to be, and the bad efficiency teams are marginally about the same. And what you have then is like this little gap that's created. So the home dog stuff doesn't help as much in those kind of situations. That said... Uh, there are things that are more that sound more appealing to me than betting against the Toronto Raptors and this squad of annoying ass players in their home opener. And they include things like a root canal and getting my private parts stuck in a zipper and other things <laughs> which are incredibly painful. So I will not be joining you on this one. Uh, but as somebody who has wolves over, I wish you the best of luck, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> let's go to uh, let's go to, to Jim. Jalen Green, so this is, I, I want to make sure I got this right. Jalen Green under 22 and a half for the Rockets. Yep. Is that right? Correct. And uh, I, I, can, I can kind of weave it in to, to the game as a whole here because I yeah. also like the magic by to, to cover that three and a half. So 
Um, I, I, first of all, I have that. This is another matchup where I'm higher on the Magic. I'm lower on the Rockets. And I also just like how the Magic um, match up with the Rockets. So, you know, Houston's flashy new defenders. Um, now we can quibble with the actual effectiveness of the defense that Dylan Brooks plays, but uh, Freddie Van Fleet and uh, Dylan Brooks are both, um, you know, backcourt players. And the Magic aren't going to be getting a lot of scoring from the backcourt. It's, they're going to be looking more to Franz, Paolo, Wendell Carter. Um, whereas the Orlando defensive backcourt should really give um, Van Vliet and and Jalen trouble. Um, in particular, Jalen Suggs, um, you know, he hasn't he didn't pop in terms of like the offensive production. I think maybe some of us thought was was going to be there last season, but defensively he was really really strong, and I think he'll draw the Jalen matchup. Um, so you know, Jalen is going to be adjusting to a new coach. Um, he has a new backcourt uh, partner in Fred Van Vliet. And now he has Suggs uh, in the, what I think is a, a really tough matchup for him um, on opening night. So um, I think just all the pieces kind of combine to, to lean towards the magic, as well as thinking that Jalen's going to struggle to that 22 and a half number there. Okay. Uh, I have this right on the dot. So I don't have much of a, of a gap here. I, I have no way to really bet this accurately based off of power rating. I have this a little bit of a lean towards Orlando based off of last year's home court. Um, if we put it on neutral, I have a little bit of a lean towards Houston. That's going to be pretty common in a lot of these. If you listen to the Tuesday episode, I had the same thing with Lakers and Nuggets, where if you don't, if you give them like the standard home court for the good home court teams, I'm going to like the dog. If you basically say they're going to be as good at home last year as they were, which they probably will be, um, there's probably a little bit of a lean towards the favorite. I'll have a lot of those games and I'm just going to wait to see kind of what home court ticks out uh, over the first couple of weeks. I'm not going to play a lot off a of model. I will say that I anecdotally, yeah, like I like it. I like the, this is probably projected to be a little bit more of a grind. Orlando is, is, there's a lot of really good underlying defensive metrics for Orlando and they should be pretty good in those kind of spots. Uh, I will mm-hmm. say that I have upgraded Houston pretty considerably in preseason. They look structured, they look organized and they look like a team that's got a real fire under them. Orlando's just had like a pretty good, preseason they're fine uh a lot of conversation about how much the ball movement is there they're still not generating a lot of threes so that's a way that this kind of gets tricky is if Jalen is just like bombing up threes which we know he likes to do the question is just like do those go in or not that could be a a big swing factor here uh but it's an interesting kind of cap joe do you have any thoughts on magic rockets honestly i do think that the magic are a little bit undervalued just overall going into the season but i am a little concerned with the fact that you know houston obviously has a new coach uh with idoka and you know just maybe having a little bit more stability in that locker room now uh that you know maybe they can come out a little bit hotter and a little bit more firing uh with some improvement from a lot of their younger players so i think that given the fact that both teams are so young it's a little bit harder to cap them going into the season just because you don't totally know exactly how much they've really been able to grow over the course of the offseason all right that's jim turvey and joe delara my thanks for them joining us they'll be with us every monday giving their best bets for the monday slate as well as their future plays could be an awesome episode make sure to check those out Reminder, you can find all of our plays in the Action Network app. Make sure to go to youtube.com slash the Action Network. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, and the great video crew, including Hutton Jackson over at Action Network for getting these up on YouTube. We'll be back tomorrow with another Best Bets episode. Sean Little will be captaining that one with some more of the guys. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for joining us. Till next time, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.